There is a, there's something that happens when you and I start confessing sin. Now, I, I look out there, and not very many of you, but some of you were with us when we were down on Shawnee. If you, if you were, raise your hand. I don't know a few. We had one night in particular down there where the Spirit of God poured out on a body of believers like I've yet to experience again. And it, there was this phenomena that happened. And I pray that I don't embarrass Penny, but it actually started with her. It was, it was unplanned. Uh, it, I can't even remember how it started. All I remember is that Penny stood up and she just started confessing her sin before us, the whole body. And through many tears, it, the Spirit of God fell in that place so thick, people just started confessing sins. I've, I don't think we've yet to experience another thing like that. There's something powerful when you and I acknowledge that we have sins and we confess them to God. It's a very, very humbling thing. We don't want people to know what's in our hearts. And yet, if you are a man, I can tell you what's in your heart. Because it's in mine. And it's a wrong time for a smug look or a self-righteous look. You are made of the same thing I am. And the same thing is in your heart. I don't know why we, we hide stuff. We just don't want people... It's almost like it's Halloween all the time where we have to wear this mask. And there is such freedom when we confess our sins. It's really quieter than what I was hoping it was going to be. <laughs> James 5, verse 16 says, Confess, uh, the New King James says trespasses, and the King James says faults. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. I, where is that at in the house of God today where we confess faults one to another? I'm glad that there are brothers I can drag to the altar and say, look, i got stuff going on. I need to confess this to you, and I need you to agree with me that God will deliver me and set me free from it. Oh, there's freedom in that. Oh, there's freedom in it, church. There, it's when God starts to move, when we're, when we're honest, not only with Him, but with, with one another. Turn, turn to Matthew 3. I heard someone say a long time ago, if you want something you've never had, you're probably going to have to do something you've never done. Verse 1 says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness... Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. So there was who knows how many people said they were coming from everywhere, they were getting baptized, and they were confessing their sins. I was raised Catholic. I'm not picking on Catholics, but uh, we, uh, before we could take communion, we had to go to confession. And uh, 
they had a confessional set up and a priest was in there and you telling your sins. But I never told him everything. I, I just told him normal stuff. I disobeyed mom and dad. I fought with my brothers and sisters and now I'd make up something else. I for that I didn't make up, but you know, just trying to appease him so he'd say, okay, you're forgiven. But in reality, you and I, there is such a freedom comes when we can say, Lord, forgive me. I, I confess this sin of rebellion. I confess this sin of gossiping or jealousy or you fill in the blank. I got enough blanks of my own to worry about yours. I, I got volumes, but there's power in confessing our sins. Proverbs 28, verse 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper. But whosoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Confesses and forsakes them. Boy, I'd love to see God moving here. That, that song, I'm waiting. I think God's singing that to us. I believe God is waiting on us. Second Chronicles 7. New Scripture. Verse 14. If my people, are you saved tonight, washed in the blood, name written in the book of life? Me too. So this is talking to me and it's talking to you. If my people, who are called by my name, Christian, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and... Look here, this is the one that gets us. You and I have wicked ways. And the church doesn't want to admit that they have wicked ways. You, you and I need to admit we have wicked ways. He said if we acknowledge them and we forsake them, we'll have mercy. We can, we can walk in this place with hands raised and hate people. I hate it when it's this quiet. We, I can look you can't see my face. I'm up front. I can look spiritual. I can actually look. If I, if I jump up and down or something, I can actually look like I'm entering in, but I can hate you. You see, God looks on the heart. He sees all that. And I, I'll be truthful with you. I believe we have been playing games so long that we have stopped the move of God in this place. I believe the Spirit of God is no longer welcome here. Because of this going on, I believe we have grieved the Spirit of God at New Hope. Amen or oh me, we have grieved the Spirit of God. We need to repent of it. This is His house. What in the world, you tell me, is worth grieving the Spirit of God? Stacy Mahaka, stand up please. She just lost sight in her eye. Just lost sight in her eye. Stand up now. Turn around. Lost sight in her eye. You understand there's things going on in this body. We can't afford to have stuff that don't amount to a hill of beans. The enemy is having his way here, church. He has got us against each other. Thank you. You can sit down. That's not to mention what's going on in your life. You probably don't have anything happen to you, do you, Brother Clifton? Another day in the life. Everyone's got, everyone's saved in your family, right? Everyone. Everyone's healthy. Tons of money in the bank. No problems at work. You understand, we have got to the, get, get to the place where we start confessing sins to God. We need God to move in this church. Church. We need God. We are desperate for a move of God. I don't, I, we keep trying to skip step one. 
Praise and worship ain't step one. It's not. I love praise and worship. Step one is repentance. It all starts with repentance. It all starts with turning from our wicked ways. We're God's people. We must turn from our wicked ways. Gossiping is as bad as, he says, you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Look, if that stuff can find a place in me, it's got to find a place in you. You can look all self-righteous, but I'm telling you, you're made of the same thing that I am. And it's best just to acknowledge it. It's the starting point. Yes, God, I've got a problem with this. Forgive me. Help me. Rather than say, praise God, everything's wonderful. We're, we're strange creatures. Jesus said, these things I have spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I believe a lot of our tribulation is self-inflicted. I believe we bring so much on ourselves. Some of it is not. A lot of it is. We are our own worst enemies. We sit here so we don't have to sit with someone over there or sit there so you don't have to be around someone sitting back there. I'll never forget the Sunday. Remember the Sunday Mike had us change seats? That was weird. That was that was good for us. That was good for us to get out of our comfort zone. Are you having a problem trying to figure out that Anything that maybe God would show you in your life? I had someone tell me that one time. I asked God, and he said there's nothing wrong. Can I have some input on this? Oh, my gosh. You you want God to show you. He'll show you. He will, because the Spirit of God leads us into all truth. He came, The Jesus said in John, he said, I'm going to send the Spirit. And what he's going to do, he's going to reprove the world of sin. That's what he does. He shows us. He's going to guide us into all truth, but he will reprove us of sin. Now, rather, th- th- those those things we do when we are alone and we don't think anyone else is around, that person right there is who we really are. That's who we are. We're not who we are. Anyone can do this in church. Anyone can do that. But who are we? Really, who are we? It's that thing. It's that thing about who we are that God wants to deal with tonight. He wants us to confess it and forsake it. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, There is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. You and I are not the exception. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Can you think of stuff in your life? Can you you possibly drum up one thing? Isn't it like a list that just like that carpet when someone gets married rolls down? It's like the book in real small print of things God would like to deal with us about. We cannot, listen to me, church, we can no longer afford to hinder the moving of the Spirit of God. Whatever it is, is not worth it. It's not. It's been dry, and it's been parched. We're doing it on autopilot, but we're not dealing with what God wants dealt with. There is sin in the camp. Second Corinthians 10. I don't care... If you like me, I've got this personality where you either really like me or you really don't. <laughs> I, I have a tendency sometimes to rub people the wrong way. Now, I'm not into back scratches, but I hope that you can get through that and just hear the word of God. 
Verse 12 says, We dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not. Why? Who do we compare ourselves to? Jack the Ripper, Attila the Hun, Hitler. Well, I'm not as bad as them. Look what they got into. I, I mean, I'm all right. He said, when you and I compare ourselves among ourselves, said, you're not very wise. Because you know what happens? If I can pick on Joseph about a sin in his life, it takes the heat off of me and the sin in my life, which really what is what God wants me to deal with. Jo- Joseph's sin, God has never, ever once told me about. I've known you for years. Ever since he was a wee little guy, and God's not once ever told me about your sin. But he's told me about mine. And you and I have the Spirit of God inside of us, and we must make the choice to deal with that sin. We must make the choice to confess it before him. If you were, by some way, up on the screen there, God's calendar came up. This is the 19th, isn't it? September 19th. And God says, September 19th up there, and the name... Brian Hayes came up. I didn't want you to see that. This is your day. You're you're leaving today. I wonder how serious we would take it then. If you and I knew this was our last day. I'll bet we would make things right with people so quick. We'd be calm people. We wouldn't have a trouble. We wouldn't have any trouble at all trying to figure I wonder who it is that I I wonder what thing is going on in my life. Uh, it would it would come to light real quick. How do we know it's not? How how do we know it? We we live like we make the appointment, well, oh, I'm just going to get old one day and then die. Well, maybe are, maybe aren't. I don't know. The more I look around after watching some people, I, getting old ain't what it's all cracked up to be. My, my our, our sister was killed instantly in a car wreck. Teresa and Lenny and I went up there uh, to the to the funeral home, and we looked at her. She was laying there. She was killed instantly. We all said the same thing. Look, he's gone. Just like that, she's on the other side. But tell me this. If you and I have aught in our heart against someone, are we going to heaven? We're being too silent. That scares me. Thank you. That is the correct answer. No, because if we will not not forgive everyone their trespasses, our Heavenly Father will not forgive us ours. It's not going to happen. You can come here. You can tithe 15%. You're not going to heaven if you have unforgiveness in your heart against anyone. It ain't happening. You're not the exception. You are not the exception. Jesus said, unless you forgive men their trespasses, your Father will not forgive yours. But hallelujah, Lord God, oh, bless your name. Oh, he said, I can't hear you. He wants to deal with this church. And if that's going on in your life, you better just confess it. God, I'm sorry. I've been harboring unforgiveness and bitterness in my heart. And most of all, I have stopped your move. You and I, it's amazing. I can single-handedly stop the move of God in this place. And so can you. I can grieve the Spirit of God. All i got to do is walk in and have an attitude towards Tim. Yeah, that feels easy. That's all we got to say. Not say a word, but have that going on inside my heart. I can stop the move of God. Quench the spirit. Oh, church, we are desperate. We need a move of God. Yes, we do. We do. We need it. It's been so long, I think we forget. 
Proverbs 20. My people, my people turn from their wicked ways. Verse 6 says, most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Let me tell you about how good I am. Thank you. I'm not like these jokers down here. Now, most everyone will proclaim their own goodness, but really inside, you know what? In my flesh, there dwells absolutely no good thing. This this rascal inside of me has to be crucified daily, many times a day. I wish I could think good thoughts about all of you. I'm just telling you my heart. I can't. And you know what? You can't either. You can't. We think the worst of people. Can anyone size me see why we need to change? We have got to have the Spirit of God change us. But I don't think he's going to as long as we're playing games. And I think the church is into playing games these days. It's just easier just to come. Just give us a short sermon. Just leave us alone. Don't, don't, don't be dealing with anything. Don't be stepping on my toes. I don't want to have to deal with anything. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's broke. It's broke. It's a mess. The church of Jesus Christ is a mess. You can pretend it's not. Turn to Luke 18. If you want to pretend it, you keep playing your game. And I'd say your fa- your favorite show's got to be Fantasy Island. Because you're having a real fantasy there. It starts with acknowledging and admitting and forsaking, confessing. Yes, God. Yes, we have a problem. Yes, Would you visit us? Would you forgive us? Would you pour out your spirit on us? Would you bind us together with cords that cannot be broken? How many of you believe God is able to do that? He saved us. I believe that's his perfect will for us. I'm thinking we got a part in this. A big part. Verse 9 in Luke 18. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. That's dangerous. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house. I love that word. Justified. Rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That word justified means to render or to regard innocent. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, a sinner, a sinner. We don't even like to say we're sinners. Well, I'm saved by grace. I'm sanctified. I've talked to others who actually believe that you got to this place where you didn't sin anymore. And they were doing it right then as they were talking. I love God. I love God. But I have a a nature that needs crucified every day. I'm going to tell you, I don't, we win the war, but I don't win every battle. 
I will break it to you as gently as I can. You don't either. You don't. David messed up. We're not going to go through the whole story. Everyone knows the story of David and Bathsheba. It was ugly, and it all started because at the time when kings go to war, he was not at war. Everything was downhill from there, right? Whoever would have thought. All he did was... You ever heard anyone say, I'm just looking. He was just looking. And for too long, he was having her husband killed. Remember? Chapter 12. He's being confronted. The Lord sent Nathan to David. Verse 1. And he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich, the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb which he had brought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his own bottom bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. Sound like a nice little lamb, doesn't it? And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for him who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die, and he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You're the man. You're the man. That's what God would say to us tonight. You're the one. You're the one. Isn't Isn't it easy to come to a service like this and think of all the people that need to be here? Anyone else do that besides me? Oh my gosh, where are they? They need to hear this. Well, tell you the truth, God knew who was going to be here tonight. He did. He knew who was going to be here, and we need to hear this. We need to hear this. We need to confess our sins, and we need to forsake them. It's no wonder the Word of God says that David was a man after his own heart. Because, uh, Nathan told him, you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Oh, that's a start. That is a start. You and I need to say, I have sinned against the Lord. Doesn't that disturb you even to think about using them words? The flesh hates this. I have sinned against the Lord. If you've been involved in gossip in the church, you can say, I have sinned against the Lord. You felt that self-righteousness just swelling up inside of you, thanking God secretly that you're not like other people. You can say, I have sinned against the Lord. If you've lied, you can say, I have sinned against the Lord because we have sinned against the Lord. And God is doing this to new hope right now. You can cry out. You can do all you want to me. But until you confess and forsake your sins, this is as much growth as you will ever experience right here. I will remove my presence from you until you repent and you confess and forsake. And he's waiting on us to confess and to turn from our wicked ways. 
Then he'll hear from heaven, and he will heal our land. He will heal our church. For I won't have to make very many CDs of this. Let's get one for me and Marcia. I found out a long time ago what we want to hear and what we need to hear are two different things. Two way different things. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 14 says, For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Every secret thing. Those things that are done, you realize there's no such thing as dark to God. The light's on everywhere we go. The spotlight is on us. No matter what that room looks like, no matter how many people it looks like are not there, God said, I'm going to bring it into judgment. Every secret thing. Now let me ask you something. What is worth missing heaven for? Do you realize that you and I, Margie Hayes, are going to be in line with people who are not going to make heaven, who go to this church? Do you know that's going to happen? We're going to stand there and people who have done this their whole life are not going to get into heaven because they've harbored unforgiveness in their hearts towards people. They're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. God keeps knocking on or tapping our shoulder. God says, I'm telling you, deal with this. Deal with it, church. If you want to see change, it's only going to happen if you will deal with it. You must repent. Got to change. Must turn from our wicked ways. We don't even like saying we've got wicked ways. We got them. That's why we're in the shape we're in. That's why new hope is in the shape it's in, church. We have wicked ways. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. It only happens because we have wicked ways. Amen, brother. Thank you. Preach it. I will. <laughs> Thank you for that encouragement. You're welcome. There's a guy in the Bible who seemed like he didn't have any problems till Jesus healed him. And then religious people got upset with him. Jesus touched his eyes and healed him. They asked his parents. They asked all kinds of people. And the last thing was said, the Pharisees asked him, said, are we blind also? Yeah, because you got to ask. Yes, you are. And I can't believe you're talking to us. We're religious. We come to church all the time. Get indignant. First John 2. I, I, I'm going to tell you my heart. I think it's kind of crazy to keep, keep going on like we are. Isn't that the, isn't that the uh, definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting some different results? We evidently are crazy. I don't know who we think we are to think we can come in this place and have attitudes toward people and we still think the Spirit of God's going to move. It's not going to happen. I'm telling you, as much love as I can muster up, it's not going to happen. Well, ten years from now, if this church is still here, you can be saying the same thing. Oh, I remember the day when we just we, we decided to cling to sins. Isn't it amazing? We cling to stuff that kills us. Jesus said the truth will set you free. You'll know the truth and it'll set you free. But we we live. You'll be amazed how many people. I remember when I was going to the psych ward. There were people in there, uh, older people, and, and all you have to do is talk to them five minutes to see what was going on in their life. Oh, I'll say the overwhelming majority of them ended up there because they had unforgiveness in their heart. They harbored bitterness all those years. Oh, I'm sure God wanted to deal with them about it. I've heard people say, well, you don't know what's happened to me. I say, well, you don't know what happened to him. If anyone had a... a, a, a a legitimate reason, you would think it would be him. I cannot imagine 
the thought of this even angers me, just even now, even thinking about, I cannot imagine, I know that they're uh, old enough to take care of themselves, but I can't imagine what I would do if someone would spit on my sons. What do you do, Jake? He would just walk by and start spitting on Luke. Jake's not a very big guy, but I'll bet he would handle things. What did the father do? What did the father do? You think of Jesus on the cross. What is it? Father, forgive them. They, they don't even know what they're doing. Forgive them. Now, if God has forgiven us for all of our trespasses, don't you think it's kind of crazy to not forgive someone when that could actually keep us out of heaven? I, mean, I want to know what anyone has done to you. Everyone has stuff happen. You're not an exception. Yours wasn't real bizarre. Everyone's had stuff happen to them. We lost a son. You want to get bitter? You can find a reason to get bitter. I heard a preacher say, you got a choice. You get bitter or you get better. God wants to take all the ugly stuff and he wants us to get better. He wants us to build on it. But it's a choice. You get bitter and everyone will know. And what happens? You get bitter, whether it's from a marriage or a relationship or a job or whatever it is, and it, you bring it in here. And so what happens? I'd sit here. If I'm mad at someone, I'll just sit here and I'll find someone that will listen to me and I'll poison her. And all the time I'm doing that, I'm sowing discord among which is an abomination to God. Because that is making an environment where the Spirit of God is not welcome. Not welcome. Yeah, we need to confess and we need to forsake. Yes, we do. I don't believe there's an exception in this room. Autopilot ain't working. Come, come on. We're, we're, we're absolutely desperate for a move of God. If you think this has been a move of God, I mean, it, it's, it's time to trade in your banky for something else. I want a move of God. There are just, there's just way too many things at stake. People come up here to the altar for prayer, for healings, and we got stuff going on in this body. We refuse to deal with. Well, if they wouldn't have done this. Well, if they wouldn't. Well, they did. Grow up. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to grow up. Oh, it is. Quit worrying about our own little feelings. And it is a telltale sign that the church of Jesus Christ does not meditate on the Word of God. Because Psalm 119.165 says, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing. When we meditate on the Word of God day and night, nothing will offend them. You kidding me? We have people, we have people won't come back because they didn't get a sing. We have people won't come back probably because Mike jokes around and offered to let me sing. I know it was a joke. I know. We know that. <laughs> For the dumbest things, people will leave and, and there will be dissension. You understand? We've got to confess that before God. We have to repent of that stuff. It starts with repentance. Our walk with God did. And it's a daily thing. It starts with repentance. We must acknowledge our sins. Acknowledge them. What if you and I were actually part of the problem? I mean, I know you are, but isn't that what we think? I know they are. I, I know what they've been doing, but I mean, I, I know I'm all, I'm all right. And I thank you I'm not like them because I fast twice in a week and I give tithes of all I possess. And, and all the time God is sitting there. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen until we do it his way. I told Sunday school class, this is not Burger King and we can't have it our way. God said, it will start with repentance. It's going to be my way. You will confess your sins and forsake them if you want mercy. 
or you will drown in your stuff for the rest of your life. Until you and I will get real with ourselves, real with each other, to the place where we can we can grab a brother and say, I have got this going on in my life. If you're a sister, you grab a sister. Say, I've got this, man. I need to tell you this. I need to forsake this and confess this to someone. And I'm telling you, there's something that happens when we do that. It's like a burden is lifted off of us when we'll have freedom to confess sins in our lives. I mean, if you have sin, it's a joke. <laughs> Proverbs 1. There's a reason that we do not deal with sin. There's a reason we harbor unforgiveness and we gossip. you got to be dying to know, so I'm going to tell you. I'm glad you asked. We do not fear God. That's why we harbor stuff like that. We don't fear Him. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. We would have read it right there at the end of Ecclesiastes 12. Fear God, keep His commandments. We don't fear Him. Verse 20, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the opening of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning. Isn't it the truth? Well, I know how it is there. They're all the same. Well, I know they just think they're just so. Is scorners delight in their scorning. Are you a scorner? Do you have all the answers to our problems? Scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my... What's that next word? You, you understand that God is rebuking this body tonight. Well, watch it. God is rebuking this body tonight. I don't know if you've caught that yet or not. That's what's going on, church. That's why there's not a lot of amens. Who likes it? It's not fun, but it's good for us. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would none of my rebuke. I'll laugh at your calamity. I'll mock when your terror comes when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they'll call upon me, but I will not answer. Does this scare anyone else besides me? You'll call. I won't answer. I've rebuked you and rebuked you and you've scorned. Well, it's, it's not that big of a deal, really. I mean, we're okay. No one's murdering anyone. I said, I'll mock at your calamity. When your fear comes, I'll laugh at it. Because you would none of my counsel. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whosoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Remember James told us in chapter 1, Be ye 
doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. My gosh, I cannot imagine the same God who measured out the heaven with a span from the thumb to the pinky, God measured out everything you see and way, way beyond. To have that God laugh at me when my trouble comes. Because I would not listen to his rebuke. So I'll mock when your fear comes. You don't want my counsel? That's fine. But when your trouble comes, I will laugh at you. I'll mock. Oh, if you ever need incentive to get right with God, this is it. If God be for us, who can be against us? But if God be against us, what's it matter who's for us? Michael, you can work your way up here. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You name that sin in your life, I can sure name it in mine. I'm telling you tonight, church, this can be a night of change for new hope. If we'll be honest, if we will be honest, come to this altar and confess our sins. I don't need to know what your sin is. You don't need to know what mine is. We just need to confess them before God. Let him, let our own ears hear our mouth telling him our sins. We will turn from our wicked ways. God will hear from heaven and he'll heal this church. Is anyone besides me ready for a healing? God needs to touch this church. There's no shortcuts. Repent, confess, and forsake. That's the altar call. I ain't got anything else. I don't know what to tell you. I just pray that the Spirit of God speaks to your heart. And I pray that no one's playing games tonight. We've been playing games too long. That's why we're in the shape we're in. We've been playing games. The altar's open.